Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Take your shoes off. Hang your coat up at the door. Grab yourself something off the uh, concessions table over here. We have a great guest sitting in the living room here today at House of Wrestling. He is the bad boy, Joey Janela. Joey, thanks for coming on here today, man. I hope we don't create a whole lot of problems. I hope we don't create trouble today here on the show. No, I think we're good. I think I've uh, created enough trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I want to start with trouble you created. I've run out of yourself. trouble. I've run out of- You've run out of trouble? Yeah, I've run out of trouble. There's no more. There's no more? You gone, you've gone good? You're going to be less troublesome now? Yes. I don't think that's what people want, Joey. I don't think that's what they want at all. I think they want you causing as much trouble as possible. Yeah, I'm a troublemaker. A little troublemaker I am. Well, you caused some trouble for yourself. I want to start there first. How are you physically doing? I know you went through the burn incident over at DDT Pro. Are you doing? Holy Jesus. For those that cannot see this on camera right now, you look like a zombie, dude. They're they're healing. Back in the ring this weekend. Back in the ring this weekend. I can straighten my arm pretty much now. That was the only issue. Uh, uh, That was the only thing preventing me from wrestling the last couple weeks was because... Um, the burn is right on my elbow joint, and it was hard to extend my arm. And I was walking around like this for uh, a couple weeks, but now I'm good. So, Okay. I saw the photo where you're exploding, right, that you shared, and that's where the burn happened, over DDT Pro. Now, this happened in a match. Now, Onita's not in the match, but he was, like, seconding the other trios that was in the match against you. Am I getting that right? Yes. Yes. Okay, what's that like when you have Deathmatch legend Onita around and you're, like, burned like this? Like, what's the backstage vibe after something like this happens, man? I was, uh, I was just pizzazzed that it happened. Uh, they wanted to wrestle, I've been wanting to wrestle Onita since I was a kid. Uh, I think, uh, I was at a Dennis Carlozo show in 99, and there was a bunch of, uh, like, the tape traders, they would make these tapes and then, Vendors would copy them and then sell them at these um, indie shows in the 90s and and, uh, early 2000s. And uh, I picked up a tape labeled The Best of Barbed Wire Deathmatch Volume 2, which was a compilation of FMW and uh, Big Japan Deathmatches and King of the Deathmatches, the Kawasaki Dream, which 95 was the infamous Cactus Jack Terry Funk finals. Um, and, uh, on the best of barbed wire two, there was a exploding death match between Sasuke and Onita. And I didn't know who these guys were at the time. And, uh, I would go around the neighborhood. I would show all the kids this VHS tape. I said, you have to watch this, this guy, he blows up and he dies in this match. And that's how good Sasuke and Onita sold the end of this, um, time bomb explosion match. And I would go and. Every day I would go to a different kid's house. I'd pop it in. I said, look at this guy dies in this ex- this fiery explosion. This is not like anything we've seen in wrestling in the United States. So then um, 
yeah, years later, I found out that Sasuke is in fact alive, and uh, Onita, you know, he just cried every match anyway afterwards. But um, yeah, and that was like my first exposure to the Japanese deathmatch wrestling, and uh, ever since then, I was like, I want to do that for some strange reason. Yeah, you got to be a different breed of cat. The only person I ever got outside of you that I ever really knew that really wanted to, to go to Japan and death matches was Marcus Crane, uh, rest in peace. And uh, man, the way that guy talked about wanting to go over and have his nipples cut off, I really worry about you guys. You know, like when you he get. When you... He was a sick fuck. I, I, uh, I, I, I don't want anything to do with my nipples being cut off. <laughs> it was a, a firework bat. Okay. It went wrong. So, uh, yeah. that, that was that but my nipples are intact they're still they're still <laughs> suckable for all the women listening for all the women watching my nipples are still suckable there's Good. no there's no milk there's no milk of course but we can pretend you know <laughs> whatever floats your boat buddy i mean you're the bad boy i mean i i'm guessing you're you're into some some different things right you know i don't know yeah. uh <laughs> Marcus also the one who introduced me to gusset plates. That was a weird thing too. Uh, so anyway, you're over there, and they, you know sometimes they say never meet your hero, but obviously the way you talk about Onita, this guy is like a huge influence on you. What's it like to get to know this guy, work with this guy, like put together a match with this guy? How was that experience for you, Joey? Met him in CCW when he came over. When he first came over, uh, once in a lifetime name was the, sh- the name of the show. It was supposed to be Onita versus Tremont, the singles match. That's right. They knew that it was going to be a six man, but they kind of uh, bait and switched the fans into uh, this six man, and everyone was disappointed. And then Onita came over a couple other times to the match with Tremont. Uh, and, uh, you know, I always wanted to wrestle him. And uh, it was possible that I was going to wrestle him on Spring Break 3 in New Jersey, but he just had knee replacement surgery. So we had him, we met him in a hotel in. Um, philadelphia by the airport me brett lauderdale and and nick gage and um we met we met up with him and um took a few pictures and said he was coming to gcw then he had knee knee replacement surgery so he came anyway i think he signed autographs or something i didn't see him that whole whole weekend but um it was cool for it to happen in japan you know um the the explosions were were insane uh, they're three times as powerful as the normal bat explosions. And I was the first one to swing that bat. And I, let me tell you, I've done some terrifying shit in this business, but the first initial, well, the, the one that blew me up was terrifying as well. But the, the, the first initial me hitting Onita with the exploding bat was quite terrifying and quite loud. And, um, you know, shit happens. I, uh, burn my arms. And, uh, you know, I wasn't mad about it. You know, it, it was against Onita. It wasn't against uh, 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 Spider Samson in, uh, in Wichita, Kansas. So it's kind of me living my dream. And I have these uh, wounds now. Uh, I don't know if my arm is going to be scarred for the rest of my life, but it will be a reason for me to finally get tatted up. So if it does. All right, fair enough. Now you've obviously had a you've you've done some very very crazy things in your career, Joey. I mean, you know, notably jumping off a building into the truck bed filled with glass—a classic. Um, 
are you getting to a point now where you start to think about this stuff differently? I mean, like you said, this was a dream bucket list thing for you. I mean, do you feel you need to try to go further or, or do you start to, to look at the business differently now and think about how long you want to be competing in the ring? I mean, especially looked, with this style. I've looked at the business differently uh, the last few years, but for, for some reason I just seem to get crazier and crazier in the ring. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, where, where we're going to end up, but I'm having fun doing it. If I, uh, if I die, if I die tomorrow in a wrestling match, so be it. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is uh, sleep. So, uh, so <laughs> we'll put it like that, but yeah, I'm doing some death matches coming up. I have, I've never done a death match tournament. I'm doing two this summer. I'm doing tournament survival, which is number one death match tournament in the world right now. Uh, this GCW and I'm kind of the one that helped put that tournament, that show on the map and GCW on the map with my infamous Zandig, uh, roof bump. And, uh, I'm doing one in England as well for, um, TNT in July, which I think I agreed to when I was drunk. I didn't realize it was going to be a death match, but now I'm all oh. in. So we're good to go. Good. Good. Well, that's, I'm happy for you, Joey. And I guess I asked that because, You've got this new character floating around that doesn't seem quite as violent and sadistic as Joey Janela. Florida Man, right? This other character, Florida Man, following up on what you did with Drake Wirtz. Uh, this thing is all over my Twitter feed these days. So let's go back here just a second with you and Drake, Seminole County Board Meeting. Is that where this came idea came to you? How did this idea come to you, I guess, Florida Man initially, Joey? Uh, I was uh, I was in my car. I was at a Chick-fil-A and... Uh... David Bix sent me a message. Notorious David Bixon's fan. Internet hero. <laughs> he hit me up. He said, uh, here's this YouTube link. Drake is going to go and uh, he's going to um, he's going to do some anti-mask rant or anti-vaccine rant. I forgot what it was. I think it was anti-mask. Not masking the kids because if you mask the kids they'll get abducted and uh, sex trafficked around the world. Uh, I think that's what the, the QAnon uh, theory was that Drake was uh, following along with. And um, I, I clicked the link and I said, hey, uh, do you know where this is? And then he sent me that it was in Seminole County. So then I go into my maps and I type in, I said, I, I still, I lived in Florida, for Orlando for three years, but still I didn't really know the area that well i said where is this i said i know drake lives around here what, what, what do you he said 30 minutes away so i go ah, you know what i'm kind of bored right now finish my uh spicy chicken sandwich and in the same plaza there's a uh there's a marshall's or a uh whatever other store is where they sell discounted clothes and i ran in there and i Right away, saw a pair of khakis, saw a plaid shirt, grabbed that, grabbed that, grabbed a uh, pair of uh, sunglasses in there that you would see somebody wearing their Twitter profile picture, someone that is, you know, there's that meme out there of all the faces of all the guys that this is. So I seen glasses that look similar to that, and then I was like, okay, okay, we're going somewhere now. So then we went to, so then we went to, uh, Walgreens picked myself up a monster energy drink and sitting right there next to the counter was a bunch of Orlando, Florida hats. And I bought one of those 
jumped in my car, sped 90 miles an hour to Seminole County to the whatever that building is. I guess it was some kind of building. And uh, I was like, damn, am I going to have to sneak in here? So I ran around the place, you know, ran in the front door and uh, there was security there. I said, hey, uh, I, I just had to I just had to drop my son off at a. Uh, karate practice or something I, I need to go i need to i need to speak the, the word about how these masks are ruining our children's future so i get in there i guess drake went already so wait you told the security that's why you were there and they were yeah. like go ahead right on in yeah he's used to it all these fucking florida freaks and their anti-masking rants and and whatnot i guess it was like a weekly thing there the, the meeting of the minds so uh I ran in there, and I think Drake went already. Uh, David Bix is keeping me updated through the DMs as it's going on. He can't believe it. I went up there. I sat for a minute. Drake saw me walk in, and he was like, this motherfucker. He got me. Uh, I wanted to go up there and speak, and I asked. I was asking. I was like, how can I go up there and speak? Because I had this whole speech planned out in my head. How um, right? It was at Disney a couple weeks ago when I seen a kid with a mask on his face and he was on a dog leash and uh, how, uh, how all the kids were going to be on dog leashes and, and this crazy speech sound like a whack job. But then they had this pro pro mask doctor. He was like the, he was a guy. He was trying to knock some sense in these people, let them know, like, listen, there's a, there's a, there's a reason these kids are wearing the masks. It's, uh, we don't want the virus to spread. And they're like, they start yelling at this guy on the stage. So then I start yelling. And uh, I, I start yelling loud at everyone else. And I, I said to them, you're a fucking liar. You're a liar. You're a piece of trash. You're a liar. And then the cops start wandering over to me. They're like, they're like, we're going to have to tell you to keep it down. And you can see it. Someone mixed the videos together. You can't see me on the initial um, feed video. But someone mixed them together with the newscast. But I'm yelling at this doctor and this, and then everyone starts yelling and joining with me. And it's like that South Park, they took our jobs, like type situation. And uh, and uh, yeah, everyone's yelling at this doctor. And then the cops are coming over me, telling me they're gonna arrest me if I don't keep it down. And I start yelling louder because I'm trying to get on this speed. And uh, the cops are all right. Let's go. So then I kind of like, all right, I'm getting arrested here probably, trespassing. So I need to get the fuck out of here. I said, hopefully they got me on video. So then I didn't know that there's news cameras all in there as well. So the news cameras got me, and that's where I'm just fa- I'm just frustrated. Mine came from was from the Orlando whatever Channel Four News or whatnot, and uh, I got back in the car and I hit up. Because Brett Lauderdale was watching, Giancarlo was watching, Vixen's fans was watching. Like, did you see me, guys? Did you see the fit I threw? They're like, no, you, we didn't see you. You messed up, man. So I was bummed out a little bit. I posted a picture of Drake, and then the next day, I was on the news um, spouting. I'm just frustrated, that famous line. And, you know, Florida man uh, became a legend that day. So, with, do you have a point with this, or is it just because you just find it funny to go in and fuck with people like this? I just find it funny. I'm not a, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a, a hard left guy. I'm not a hard right guy. I think all politicians, I think all politics are kind of bullshit. 
just like the politics of professional wrestling. So I find it just funny just to fuck with fuck with these people, especially the you know these hard right people. Some of the theories they throw out there are just absolutely insane, especially when QAnon was running rampant at that time. You know, I had a, a I had an ex girlfriend and uh, her parents were hard into that QAnon shit. And I used to go like, listen, like. Like, this is crazy to think some of this shit. And that was, like, kind of, like, my whole, like, motivation. Like, like some of these theories are just so insane. And some of the shit Drake was saying was so insane. And some of the shit I was reading on the internet was so insane. I needed to find a way to just <clears throat> fuck with these people for my own my own peace and, and uh, peace of mind. So that's how it started. And uh, I was just waiting for the day to do my uh, sequel. And uh, I came up with that, actually, when I was drunk at Gasparilla. It's like Mardi Gras in Tampa, where everyone dresses it pirates and they throw out beads. It's basically the same as Mardi Gras. And I was drunk, and uh, my friend Mike Brown, he uh, he's now a merch manager at GCW. So okay. he he's like, I'm going to Hogan's Karaoke or something. So Hogan karaoke what is this i think it was like the second week started like yeah hogan Hogan, he sits on stage and people do karaoke i went a couple weeks ago and uh there was a let's go brandon chant and hulk hogan was doing the ear cuff to the let's go brandon chants i go oh this is interesting i said what i said what if i go to this karaoke and i wanted to sing I, i i i create a song about the vaccine how I'm anti-vaccine and we settled on that. I wanted to do scrubs by TLC, but it was, I don't want the vaccine. The vaccine is poisonous to me. Everyone scream with me. Fuck Dr. Fauci. And, uh, it never, the song never came together. You know, I, I had the chorus, I had the chorus, I had the chorus, but I didn't have like the in-between. So I kind of just like, I was going to bring a Dr. Fauci cut out. I was going to give it the big boot, the leg drop. And hopefully I wanted Hogan to play along and fucking maybe hype me up and beat up the Fauci cutout and maybe get it on TMZ or something. Let's say Hulk Hogan goes on anti-vaccine rant, beats up Dr. Fauci cutout with karaoke patron. You actively wanted to provoke this man into doing something you knew would generate a lot of controversy. I love that. Of course. No knock. Of course. As soon as I heard that he was going this to the Let's Go Brandon chant, I was like... Okay, we got something here. This is my next target. So this is my next video. And what what, what better way to uh, up the ante with the Drake the Drake uh, prank than do it to the greatest, what most well known professional wrestler in the history of the world, Hoke fucking Hogan. One of my favorites. One of my absolute favorites. Like the the still the Hulk Hogan merchandise merchandise I have is insane from childhood. He's iconic. He's probably up there as one of my favorites of all time, especially he's the one that got me into professional wrestling as a child. So then we're sitting there. I'm still in Orlando for GCW. I'm still burnt up. And I, Brett Lauderdale, now he realizes that sometimes I'm just not going to get on the flight home wherever we are. So he doesn't buy my flights home till the last minute. He's like, Joey, where are you going? When are you leaving? I'll buy your flight. I said, all right, I'm leaving tomorrow. Buy my flight here. So all these people are saying they're going to Hogan karaoke. 
Hogan, Hogan karaoke. I said, shit. I said, what if I pull off this deal? I said, shit. Tony Depp and his wife were going. My friend Mike was going with his friends who live in St. Pete. I said, you know what? Jimmy Lloyd, he was going to his parents, have a house, a trailer in um, uh, Port Ritchie. So I was like, all right. So Jimmy Lloyd's parents picked us up. We went to Port Ritchie. Then I had his parents driving the Marshalls. I got the khakis. I got the plaid shirt. I got the sunglasses. And then we seen a couple hats that said Florida, property of Florida, Tampa, Florida. We're set to go. We're set to fucking go. So then we jump in the 45-minute Uber to Hogan's. And uh, I kind of just what I'm doing. This is kind of nerve-wracking. But I said, as soon as I get out of this car, Jimmy, I'm not Joey Janela anymore. I am the Florida man. So it's kind of like some uh, Joaquin Phoenix shit. And uh, I got out of that Uber, and I was no longer Joey Janela. I was anti-vax, anti-Bud Light, anti-masked. I was the Florida man. I was the uh, right Florida man. And I got up and I just started saying stuff and we walked in. And uh, we got there and uh, I think Tony Deppin, there was like a, there's like a text message list. You send the song, you send the name to the list and then they put it up there. So we're still there early. We're one the, like, it's just filling in. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And Hulk Hogan's not coming on stage. I said, what time does Hulk Hogan get here? And for some reason, Brian fucking Nobbs is on the stage. I was like, I don't give a shit about Brian Nobbs. I need the big dog. So so then uh, just fucking acting like Florida man and, you know, drinking uh, drinking uh, ice cold uh, Coors Light. Sure. Uh, so then uh, eventually... Someone texted me. I went outside to have a cigarette. They go, he's here. He's here. Hogan's here. I said, all right, don't 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 tell the DJ to move me up. Okay. So we went up there and we did it. And uh, surprisingly, I went, let's go, Brandon. And then no one, people were like, oh, what the fuck? We're in, we're in, we're in Clearwater, Florida. I thought they would be going crazy for that shit. But I guess uh, the ship has sailed with the let's go, Brandon uh, chant. But... We did it, and uh, it was a uh, it was a, a the performance of a lifetime. If you I, were... I loved it. I I've seen it. I encourage everybody. I'll embed it in in the article here when I put this thing up about it. It's it's magnificent. Five minutes of wonder. It was a performance of a lifetime. I Hulk Hogan. He had during one of the breaks in the song. He had two giant dishes of, of fish. One was black and salmon. And I look at him in his eyes and I point to the plate. I said, can I have a little bit? And he goes, and he, he points to the the blackened salmon. I grab a nice little chunk off that salmon, start chewing it, and then go back, right back into the song. And, uh, you know, so he I think was cool with you. He was cool with you eating that salmon. I was, he was wondering. Like, if... He was like, whatever. I think he, you get what you pay for when you, you want to eat dinner on stage while a bunch of fucking degenerates do karaoke in front of you like you're the royal family. Sure. Um, but, yeah, he was uh, whatever. Someone someone during the song definitely informed them that, oh, yeah, that's Joey Janela, and he's definitely here to fuck with you guys. 
So oh, bummer. You see, at one point, Nick Hogan was like, this motherfucker. Like, I thought he was going to punch me in the face. Really? I wasn't doing anything illegal. And there was, and by the stage, there was like four police officers. I didn't do anything illegal. I didn't do anything wrong. I was like, oh, shit, am I going to walk off the stage? And the cops are going to be like, hey, what, what's the situation here? Wow. I, I didn't do anything wrong, you know. And, uh, you know, and I had the closer. I know we all seen, most of us seen Brian Knobs asshole before. Now, wait. Now wait, you, let's not gloss it because I I I've seen Brian Knobs asshole. I wish I don't want to say which former WCW cruiserweight showed it to me on his cell phone at a GLCW show, but GLCW Kid Romeo. An, that's 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 uh, Dave Hero up in the north. Um, but is it is it online? Is is it one of those things somebody has to show you? Because do people even know what you're talking about with that closer there? There's a few Brian Knob shots online. One's of his softball size asshole, and that's one you can just find on the on the internet. But there's also others that are just just the boys have um, that are just too crazy too. But I don't know why these photos exist. I don't know the reason they exist, <laughs> but they do exist. And believe it or not, plenty of people have seen Brian Knob asshole. Um, but yeah, but the face he makes after that is like, all right, he, he did just like everyone else, but that's it. And that was it. And, uh, fucking did it. I went outside. I said, Jimmy, let's go outside. I went across the street. I went over to the beach area. I threw on my regular clothes and then I walked back in. Like I was, uh, stuck in traffic. They, did I, you, everyone, did I you... told everyone, everyone knew what the fuck people all my friends knew obviously i am the florida man it's right. not that the drastic difference but florida man was turned off in my brain and in my brain i just arrived there and uh, i was stuck in traffic and guys did i miss anything I'm and dying. then we get drunk we proceeded to get drunk we walked down the street went to another bar got more drunk and then we went to a strip club of course tampa top strip club territory then I went to Waffle House, and uh, I was informed we went to Waffle House, and I went to the jukebox, and they put in $10 and just played a bunch of Disturbed songs for some reason. Sure, Waffle as you House. do. It was just a celebration after that, because we knew, uh, we knew uh, what we did, but I woke up in the next morning, and I kind of like felt like, oh, I, I don't really want to see this video, because fuck. But then uh, I seen the video, and it was great. And we sent it in for editing, and and voila, another success. Florida man returned. The merch has been selling. The merch is, we just ended the merch last night at midnight, selling off the chain. So kudos. Who knows when the Florida man will come back? Maybe never again. Maybe we'll never see him again. But I have to get a, uh, uh, a unique mindset to get to the Florida man character. I have to live, breathe. Eat like a QAnon person. Okay. Drink like a QAnon person. Mm. So yeah, I think that's a lot of white bread and water. I'm not positive, but I think that's what they eat and drink. It's everything um, but lights. <laughs> right, everything but Bud Lights. Now, do you have any plans to make Florida Man a wrestling persona? I don't think so. No, I, I think at that point, I think every so often the Florida Man can come and. 
you know, I think he has another, he he has his eyes and another uh, a sight. And this is bigger than something we've ever done before. And uh, I need a lot of manpower and I need a lot of backstage kind of, uh, kind of connections to make this happen, but we're going to make it happen. But okay. I don't think, I think we might wait till next year. So, okay. Um, make the yearly thing. It's like, it's like a holiday. It's like Halloween, Florida man day. Okay. Know? I like that. And it can strike any time, right? Like a strike Florida any, man. Right, there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, you, you'll never know when the Florida man will come out to play. Got it. Now you are, you are very good at creating a lot of attention. Obviously, as we've just talked about, lit yourself on fire. You went and talked about Brian Knobs butthole to his face. And now uh, you seem to be trying to get in the mix with all of the CM Punk news going on. Of course, uh, you've made it a point of contention that Punk can't come into the GCW locker room. You'd run him off if he does not watch all of the Rocky movies. I know you've texted him. Has he gotten back to you? Have you guys gotten to a point where you think he's going to watch the movies? No, he hasn't gotten back to me. I sent him a message on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if he's seen it, but um, I 100% uh, the upcoming shows, especially the Chicago dates, I will have security enforcement there. Uh, I'm going to have, especially... I have posters getting made right now to put post in the locker room. You know, if you see this, if you see this face, if you see this guy with the, with the Pepsi tattoo on his arm, don't let him in the door. And if he gets in, get him the fuck out. Wow. I don't play. I don't play bullshit. You gotta be some kind of, you gotta, you gotta be some kind of uh special person not to see the fucking Rocky movies. Okay. <laughs> and, wait. True. I've I've seen him. I've seen him. Everyone, great... um, everyone. Right, right. How did that man get a mo? Had... You need to watch them for the motivation of your uh, life existence. Now, you and Moxley obviously have a kindred spirit. You guys worked a lot together in AEW, right? Some incredible matches. Is this all stemming from the fact that Punk decided to go out of his way and put out the Instagram post about Moxley? Is that why you decided to get involved in all this? No. I just I can't believe someone hasn't watched the the Rocky movies, and uh, it's a shame. It's a crying right. guy, you know. He's a multi-millionaire, former many-time world champion, and he can't he can't he can't spend two days and watch every Rocky movie. But I will let him in GCW. He needs to have proof. Um, I have a friend who owns a movie theater in Chicago. Um. I will work out a deal where for he has to watch every Rocky movie, including the Creed movies and, and including the, the, the sixth Rocky movie that no one remembers. Whoa, that you including the Creed movies, dude, I'm not even all the way through the Creed movies yet. Yeah, but those are the best ones, but he's got to watch, he's got to watch them. He's got to watch them all in a row. Um, and that's the only way he can get in the GCW locker room. I know he's been doing the tours. He went to the WWE locker room. He went to the Impact locker room. But I'm like, you're not going to be able to get past anyone. You're not going to be able to go talk to Yoya in the corner and say, "Hey, I, lo I love your work, Yoya," be because I will have you escorted off the premises, and uh, you're just not allowed there. And I don't care what Brett Lauderdale thinks. You know, sure. Uh, 
he, he is the boss man. But as far as this, he understands my uh, view on this topic. And sorry, Punk, you can't come in, dude. All right. Now, I, I for, enjoyed the yo-yo drop, name drop there, first of all. Um, I was second, just thinking the most random person CM Punk would be seen talking to in a GCW locker. And you yo said that. Don't 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 think it was lost on me that that's what you did there. I just really enjoyed the Yuya uh, shout out there. Um, so Punk is making his rounds right now, obviously, like you called out, right? Trying to kind of bury the hatchet and things like that. Have you ever had any? I know he was at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, inducted Praise Act. Do you ha- do you have any personal interactions? Have you had any with him or no? Just one little one outside of the outside of uh, an AEW show. I think it was like his second time there or something, but. Besides that, I said hello to him at the um, Hall of Fame thing, and that was it. I think that was it. Wow. Okay. Well, you guys are very dramatically different people. He's straight edge, and I think your edges are about as round as they get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Now, I think so. I think so. I think we kind of probably like the same kind of similar like bullshit like two thousands indie wrestling, um, but but that's about as similar as we get. I think, but. Uh, Besides that, I think we're as far as away on the spectrum as you can uh, envision. What do you think about the fact that it, it looks as if Punk and, and the Elite are not going to be able to bury the hatchet anytime soon? And I ask you because there was a report this past weekend that you and Enzo actually had a really positive interaction and looked to have uh, kind of buried the hatchet with one another. I didn't know if you could give your thoughts on that. We'll also kind of maybe talking a bit about what your experience was like burying a hatchet of your own recently, you know? I buried the hatchet with Enzo before, but then the next day the big cast situation happened. Right. I think Enzo, he just got ticked off again that I went on uh, Young Bucks. They had like their little hotel interview show. And I went and talked about it on there. Mm-hmm. I understand kind of. Uh, I was kind of, I was very nice about it on there, but I could understand where he was coming from. But then I buried the hatchet with ass. So uh, what's his name now? Big Bill or some shit? I think he's <laughs> I, Big Bill now. I think that's big, easy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But uh, yeah. Um, the Young Bucks and CM Punk. That's a whole different ball game. That's a whole when there's uh, a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of feelings that are hurt. There's a lot of animosity still. I can't comment on that. I'm not there anymore. Right. But bye what I hear from people or what I see, I'm always looking, I'm always watching. I feel like, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it will be settled anytime soon. Now, they're, now they're, we... they're coming out with a new TV show or something, right? On Saturday, Saturday night, slam fest or some shit. I don't know. I, I think Saturday night slam fest might be the name. I'm not positive about that. Yeah. I think it could be collision too. Not positive. Collision slam fest, whatever. I don't know. But anyways, I don't. I'm not there. No one. Everyone there is very tight-lipped. There's a lot of NDAs signed, and they won't even give me the dirt because they know I'll go to you and I'll give you the dirt, and then I'll give Bix the dirt, and I'll give. I won't. No, I won't do that. I was about to say I do it all on the record here. Now I will ask you though, from your perspective, when you were there, Joey. What was, did you notice tensions, awkwardness, clicks, that kind of vibe backstage, the kind of stuff that would eventually kind of result in kind of, I guess, what we're seeing right now or no? Uh, no, because I, I was gone right after Punk came in. 
No, I'm just saying during your time there, did you notice a locker room that had tensions or clicks? There's always what, little. There's always little, little bits of drama. There was nothing really ever crazy, and you have to realize I, the majority of the time that I was there, it was we were filming during COVID in a, in a uh, empty arena, uh, three days a week. Whether it be, we're there from eleven in the morning to three o'clock in the morning filming content uh so i think everyone was a little bit closer then you know and plus you had that you had that drug floor that everyone went to and did drugs um the drug floor i was about to say i had heard heard there was a i had heard there was a bar available at the table it wasn't a bar it was a little conference room and there was a little balcony and people would drink white claws and and go on the balcony and smoke marijuana there was no hard drugs the, the way this guy made it seem, I think it was the ringside news guy who said the drug floor made it seem like there was people fucking uh, in a, a Tony Montana pile of cocaine in the, the Hyatt, whatever it was in, in Jacksonville on this, in this abandoned drug. Floor. No, it was heard, quite cool. heard that. Okay, go ahead. And we were all, we were all, we were all pretty close at the time because we were all in this together. And it was really the only time that a lot of people got to, you know, get together and not have to go home and quarantine or, you know, sit in their houses and, you know, but there was all close. There was always little bits of drama, nothing really crazy. Uh, most of it, I would say, was harmless drama, some sure. fun, funny stories, you know, but right when I left, um, that's when I guess things started to boil with clicks and stuff but i really don't know anything about that but yeah it's because you left joe it's obviously because you left and you threw off the wabi-sabi of the locker room i think that's what happened here i think really i think that's what it is Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people hit me up uh telling me that's probably the the, the situation (laughs) they say please back (laughs) so what so uh, to kind of put a pin on this so like is what do you think ever do you ever see yourself back in the AEW mix in the future are you happily away doing independent stuff or or even like WWE, Joey. I still think that you would be a great addition over there in some capacity. You bring a fan base they certainly don't seem to have a connection with. Uh, yeah, so um, never say never with, you know, obviously, you know, AEW. But I have goals right now, and uh, one of them is the WWE. But Is that I a have, shoot? Is that for real? Yeah, for, for real. And I've talked to people about it and stuff, but not now. Not anytime soon. I'm still 33. I said, I've always said that over the last five years, I can see myself signing to WWE when I'm 36. I don't know why 36. I don't know, but I still have goals in Japan. I have goals. I'm having fun. I don't have to deal with any politics. I don't have to deal with people giving me shit for what I say on the internet. So we'll see. But WWE is always the goal. WWE is not the goal for you. And you're in the wrestling business. I don't know what's wrong with you because the dream is to wrestle at WrestleMania, and it should be the dream for everyone. Yeah. Have you had? Have you talked? Are you close with Cody? Have you talked to him at all? I mean, yeah. He, so- Cody hit, actually he hits me up every so often. Uh, I hit him up every so often, and he hit me up because I wrote something about uh, I wrote something about Commander and uh, Undertaker spots being very just you know troll Joey Janela shit on Twitter to incite online riots but he hit me up and he's like this is 
this and this is that. And I was like, you know, I'm just trolling, man. <laughs> and so you tr- and you got you got under his skin a little bit, is what you're saying there. He felt the need kind of. He was trying to say like, this is the difference between this spot and that spot. One is the under, one is commander. <laughs> it's always been like that. Okay. It's always been like Cody, but Cody actually, we have really good chemistry in the ring. And uh, besides the one match during COVID, which you know, I think was my first match back after like four months, three months after taking off. Uh, I had that match with Cody on TV when they brought me back, and uh, it was just rusty and and whatnot. And I guess that was my least favorite match with him. But I had one match with him in New Jersey that was awesome when he first came out of the WWE and uh, I had a match with him on the Jericho cruise which was pretty pretty awesome and never saw the light of day and that was like the match that closed out the cruise and kind of just went in there and had a good very good match so we always had good chemistry but he's also on a different side of the spectrum than he's a family man he you know he's a very he he does he does business very proper way. He's uh born into the business. I'm Joey Janela. I say whatever I want and I uh say a lot of stupid shit. I say a lot of shit to piss people off. I say a lot of things that a lot of people on when they were signed to a contract or a deal wouldn't say uh on social media. But you know, when you sign Joey Janela, you get what you get and uh they got what they got, so they got some good shit too. They got some oh, good yeah. shit. You were yeah. you were in the opener there for a while. You were the you were the bumper with the elbow drop. That's it. The elbow drop is legendary. I have that picture forever. But uh yeah, that's what I got. The elbow drop. I got a I didn't get an action figure, I got a trading card and I got a Street Fighter Joey Janela shirt, which is my prized AEW. That was even better than the money. <laughs> well, okay. getting Street Fighter, Street Fighter, uh, licensed shirt with me fighting Blanco. I was like, that's better than money. Fair enough. All right, well, we'll pin up all that money we'll, anyway. We will, uh, we will wrap it up there then, Joey. Uh, I did not realize how much longer over time we'd gone than I told you we were gonna go. Uh, great talk. Um, where do you want to send people to support you right now, Joey? What do you want to put over? I just go to my social media and uh, give me a little follow. Janella Baby on Twitter. Good content lately. Making a lot of people smile, making a lot of people laugh in these trying times where everyone in wrestling is at war with each other. Like it's like a a live action version of the Warriors movie. Um, Lots of gangs, lots of uh, gang violence on Twitter. you can follow me on Instagram, the bad boy Joey Janela. I post lots of pictures of my nipples on there. And um, maybe only fans soon, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Well, at least you have yours still, right? Your nipples? What? At least you still have your nipples. No, yeah. Right? They're... Yes. <laughs> maybe in Marcus's memory, I'm going to go to Japan and get him chopped off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.